Welcome to the Golf Podcast Live. I'm your host, Raphael Calamet, alongside Michael Bleakley in Vancouver. Lots to talk about today. We've got women's golf. We've got golf instruction talking PGA Champions Tour and LPGA. But before we get started, we have a very special guest, eight-time Canadian long drive champion, as well as a keynote speaker, brand ambassador for Golf Town, Callaway Golf, and Nike Vision. Her name is Lisa Longball Vluswick. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Oh, thank you very much. Absolutely thrilled to be here. Oh, we're, we're thrilled to have you. You know, it's uh, we've been going back and forth for quite some time. And, um, you know, we, we're on about 15 platforms right now, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners and people watching who don't know who Lisa Longball is. So maybe tell us how you got started with golf and where you are today and what you're doing. Absolutely. Well, funnily enough, uh, my, I was my dad's last hope as a golfer. So in grade eight, he dragged me out to the local junior night and there were 50 boys in me. And the coach kind of took one look at me and told me to hit my uh, eight iron at the end of the range. And he proceeded to work with the boys the rest of the night. Now, at the time, in the 80s, there weren't a lot of strong junior girls golf programs. Not like now, where we see junior golf uh, exploding and for young girls as well. Uh, so I decided golf wasn't that fun. You know, maybe played nine holes a year with my dad. And it wasn't until my 20s when my boyfriend at the time, now husband, Anton, just graduated from university. And uh, he was a farm kid from rural Alberta. So he didn't golf a lick. And he realized that he was missing out on key corporate and business networking opportunities because he didn't play. So, you know, he dragged me out to the local munis. And then my big turning point happened in 1999. The LPGA came to Calgary. And of course, Calgary only gets the uh, LPGA tour once every decade. And so uh, it was super exciting. It was the DeMoria Classic. And I was a volunteer on one of the holes and watching the best female golfers in the planet, although I couldn't break 100 to save my life inspired me to want to compete in golf. And, and luckily, Raphael, there's uh, competitions for people who can't break 100. So I entered and I, you know, kind of came near the end of the pack, but I was hitting it 80 to 100 yards past the other girls. So I saw an advertisement for a long drive competition and I entered and I won with a 313 yard drive at the wow. set of clubs from Costco. So that's wow. how it got started. That's amazing. Yeah. So and I noticed you uh, tried to Monday qualify for an LPGA event as well. Like, what was yeah. that like? And, uh, you know, oh. give, give us some feedback on that. Yeah. So here, I, I hadn't grown up playing competitive golf. Like, I really, I was in my early 20s by the time I played my very first golf competition. Played in, like, a club championships when I was 25, 26 you know, uh, but I had never played in tournament golf. And now, so when I first played like in the Alberta Amateur, that was my first test of playing against NCAA girls, who some of them literally had been playing since elementary school. And then when I did the Monday qualifier for the uh, LPJ Tour, I shot a 74 in the practice round, which would have put me as the fourth place girl that would have could, could have could have qualified if I shot that the next day. But I shot an 80. I uh, hit three balls out of bounds. And, and I think that's my issue as, uh, you know, with being a long driver and trying to find that balance between swinging as hard as humanly possible and keeping it in the pipe, like keeping it in the fairway, right? So, <laughs> so it was great. a phenomenal experience, phenomenal experience. And then what I think what I found, uh, for instance, like always people always say to me, ah, Lisa, yeah, you hit your driver long, but what they don't realize, I hit all my clubs a long way. So when I was at 155, one of the girls who had conditional status on the LPJ tour, she was using a hybrid and I was using an eight iron. So, you know, if, if I could spend some more time on my short game, I'd love to see how low I could go. Um, but for me, I, I just haven't spent that time on the finesse side of things. And, and you could tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Lisa, I'm just thoroughly impressed with all the things that you're doing, because not only are you a golfer, you're a mom, 
and and uh, there is so much to go with that as well but you're a keynote speaker and you're an ambassador for so many different brands you know i'm just reading off your website it says here quote being clear and committed to your goals determines how far you will go and what success you are able to achieve that's that's pretty inspiring so where did you you find your drive no pun intended right and and what kind of advice would you give to young women and men who want to succeed you know, I think my drive came from, uh, for me, I, I always, I, I never aspired to being a professional golfer or, you know, I, I was, all I ever wanted to be actually was a school teacher. I believe teaching is a vocation, a calling. And so that was my drive is to, is to be a teacher and educator. And I did, I taught both elementary and junior high school and I loved it, but that's when I discovered this weird freaky ability to hit a golf ball a long way. And if I can impart anything to any, any golfer, male, female, about finding that drive, I do believe it's an inner drive. And I believe that each and every one of us need to find our passion both personally and professionally i think that you know many of us go into a profession because we you know we love it but if, if, if either one side becomes too uh, uh, unbalanced i don't think you can find that you, you don't find that joy so for instance you get the workaholics who that's all they do but then they sacrifice their personal side but i think that if you if, if let's say you you know work can be a grind but if let's say you love running or maybe it's running or swimming or golf or bowling or curling or whatever it may be if you stop doing those things, I find that you don't you don't feel as fulfilled personally, and then you're not going to uh, you're not going to find that success and and achieve at your peak performance professionally. So that's when I talk about drive. I talk a lot about honing in on finding out what is it that you love and finding time to do that. Cool. Yes, it's a yeah. really good point because uh, you know uh, I mean I, I own a business, and sometimes you get focused on working on that, and uh, if you don't put time into things that you you enjoy. Even if you enjoy your business, you still need to have that outlet so so you can perform better uh, on all facets. I believe it to my core. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, you you taught you referred to Raphael to, about being a mom. You know, it was funny. I was competing at a world class level at world championships year after year, and I always wanted to be a mom. And people said, well, you know, Lisa, once you become a mom, you'll never be world class again. But mm -hmm. becoming a mom was too important to me, and I actually had my best finish. Uh, in the world uh, of after becoming a mom, I came second in the world. I lost by three yards to five-time world champion Sandra Carlberg. And so if that's any inspiration to any moms out there, and just because you're a mom or a grandma doesn't mean you can't achieve success in golf. Oh, I, I agree fully because, you know, me being a dad and my, I have a 15-year-old son who plays golf and you need to juggle life, but it, it kind of inspires you and motivates you. Amazing what you're able to accomplish when you have people relying on you and other things that you need to do and that that takes me full circle to my next question it, it takes a lot of organization you know i was a teaching professional i worked at royal montreal golf club at falcon golf club had my own academies at several different locations over the last 20 years so you know how much organization it takes so you know my question is if somebody wants to sign up to one of your clinics i know you have a plethora of you know women's golf clinics happening uh, tell us about where they are and how they could get in touch with you. Oh, thank you. You know, it's so fun because I do a lot of corporate and charity golf tournament entertaining. And when I was at these tournaments, I found that anywhere between 75 and 80% of attendees were men. And I thought, where are the women? And the women, they didn't feel comfortable or confident to say yes to that corporate or charity invitation. So I wanted to find a safe place to invite women to say, hey, come on out to these events because it's all about the networking. No one cares what your swing looks like. No one cares if you cold hop it, cold top it, duck hook it. It's all about, you know, the relationship 
relationships. And so I started women's golf schools. I started them first in my hometown of Calgary, and then I expanded them out to uh, at, um, Phoenix and Orlando. So I do those right now in Phoenix and Orlando. I'm actually leaving tomorrow to my first uh, uh, golf school of the year uh, in 2022. And of course, I can't, it's tough to do in Canada this time of the year. And then the popularity has just exploded. So many women across North America have said, gosh, you know, I want a safe, comfortable place to, uh, to, to learn. So I've expanded the schools. I'm, I'm going to be doing Palm Springs in October. And then as soon as I can uh, in the Canadian season here, I'm doing uh, Victoria uh, at the end of March, early April, Kelowna, British Columbia, uh, Toronto in May, which I'm excited about, Montreal in the May-June area, and Prince Edward Island uh, I'm wow. super excited about in June. So I wanted to go coast to coast across Canada and then obviously in the U.S. too to try to, to meet as many ladies as I can across North America. Now, that's amazing because uh, I feel that, that there's a lot more women coming into the game over the last few years uh, than the past. And, uh, and even in my great grandfather uh, worked at St. Andrews and moved oh. to Ontario uh, in the early mid 1900s. Uh, my grandmother was Ontario Ladies Champion, but uh, my great grandfather and his business partner started a tournament that still runs to this day, the Hunter Armitage Trophy. It, I believe it's at the Glendale Golf Club now, and, and it's all women. And so they, they were awesome. promoting this game to, to women, right, you know, for, for all, uh, you know, 80, 90 years now. So, uh, so it's, it's amazing to see. Uh, so, so no, keep it up. That, that, they, uh, well, I think it's a great growth factor. And I've, um, I've always firmly believed in women's golf. I've actually been volunteering my time since inception. Uh, so it would have been 2015 that, or, sorry, uh, 16, that women's golf day. Uh, so it, Alyssa Gaudet from the United States had this wonderful idea to say, let's have a women's golf day. Let's, let's start a day that we not only celebrate the women who do play, but encourage new women in a safe place to come to enjoy the game. So I'm actually the Canadian lead for women's golf day, which is always the first Tuesday in June. And we encourage golf courses across, uh, uh, well, across the world, obviously, but being Canadian, across Canada to participate and somehow do something special on that day to, to celebrate women's golf. Lisa, you know, I, off topic here, I saw that viral video of you water skiing with your <laughs> bathrobe and a white towel on your head, drinking a coffee. That, that was reading awesome. reading a Golf Digest. Reading a were you, Golf Digest. You reading a golf digest? That was great. So I'm doing my research and here you are. How did that come about? And tell us a little bit about that. I think oh, this we're, is we're, so funny. we'll share for those of you who haven't seen it, we're going to share it on our social media feeds on Twitter and uh, Facebook. So look out for it. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And it's gone viral, like millions and millions of views. It's crazy on all different websites. So first of all, to note to all your viewers and listeners out there uh, that I'm wearing a life jacket. I always wear a life jacket. It's just <laughs> under, under my robe. So I'm always wearing a life jacket. And so I thought, you know what? Uh, it was it was uh, July of 2020, so we were in the midst of the pandemic. It had kind of started, obviously, in March, and everything the lockdown. And so I wanted to do something to make people laugh and smile. There was so much on social media that I felt was really negative. So I thought, what can I do to make people laugh and smile? And I love wake surfing. So wake surfing happens behind a boat. You're only going 10 miles an hour, and there's no rope. You actually have to surf the wake. And I've had so many people say, oh, Lisa, that's fake, and that's green screen, because most people can't drop a rope let alone surf with a cup of coffee, a golf digest and a robe. So, right. so I started with that 
oh my goodness. And then it's exploded. People asked for more. So uh, my next one, of course, was a golf video. So I'm wearing golf shoes. I've got a two lawn putter. I'm doing it to the, um, uh, you know, the Hunter Mahan uh, and uh, Bubba, Bubba Watson. You know how they did the golf boys? Yeah, that yeah, song? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I did it to that song and I'm, you know, I'm plumb bobbing there. And, and then I've done a Toronto Raptors one. I've done a Toronto Blue Jays one. Oh, and then I surf. And I know we have guys, you both of you are from British Columbia and Ontario here. So I'm sure we've got some Canucks and Maple Leafs fans, but I'm a Calgary Flames fan. Yeah. And so I put on Calgary Flames gear and I surfed in goalie gear. So I, and then Hockey Night in Canada picked that up, which was pretty funny. So yeah, I've done that's dozens amazing. of these videos and uh, people, people just keep telling me how much it makes them smile. And that's my why to do it. That's just to clarify things here, Raph and I both grew up in Montreal, so we're dedicated oh, Habs fans. Canadians fans. <laughs> well, actually, when I did my golf school, I did a women's golf school in Gallagher's Canyon uh, last year. Carrie Price, Carrie Price was golfing uh, there, which nice. is pretty cool. And Jerome McGinley was teeing it up with his kids on the other nine there, too. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, awesome. very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I got to meet a lot of hockey players uh, working at Royal Montreal. They all come by and play uh, back oh. in, the, in the early 2000s. But, uh, yeah, and hey. Raphael, may I say, Raphael, you know, you talked about my golf schools and you talked about you being a, a golf professional yourself. One of the things that's very important to me, I really want people to know, I want them to go see their PGA of Canada professionals. Now, I am not a PGA of Canada professional. I'm considered, of course, a professional golfer as a sponsored athlete and compete. But, uh, but our golf professionals, our PGA of Canada, I encourage all listeners, men, women, juniors, go see your PGA of Canada professional. And when I run a school, I always hire PGA of Canada professionals or PGA of America if I'm in the United States. That's very important to me. That's a good comment. And yeah. if people steer away from lessons because they think, oh, I don't play enough. I don't yeah. need it. Or they think it's too expensive. But yeah. um, it, it's not in many cases. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you're, you you need to put that time in with golf uh, and, and the rewards will come if you just put a little bit of time and dedicated to practice and, and learn to like practicing is a, yes. I'd add to that. And especially on your short game. Don't just go to the range and slam through a hundred balls and then take off, like go out to the putting green chip putt, uh, and then go hit your bucket and uh, thoughtfully. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. Absolutely. Well, certainly everybody in golf is an expert, right? When you go out on the golf course, everybody's giving you tips and this is why you need somebody who's, you know, certified or somebody who's exactly. played at a very high level to get, you know, proper drills and exercises. And these days, we really need to have a good balance in our game. So working not only in your flexibility and fitness, but your mental game, making sure you have the proper clubs, that you're fit properly so you can enjoy the game a lot more. So all those things are certainly very important. We're going to do something fun here. We want people to get to know you just a little bit more. So something okay. that we do called rapid fire questions. They're really simple. Yeah. It's nothing crazy, but uh, <laughs> I'll start off. We'll do four questions. And okay. the first one is, what is your favorite food? Oh, steak. I definitely, Alberta beef, I, I have to say. <laughs> awesome. <voice>. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> then we go into uh, your favorite music. Is there any style of music or any particular artist? Uh, I'm a Dave Matthews Band fan. I love Dave Matthews Band. I've been to the Gorge uh, Amphitheater to the three-day concert, uh, uh, Labor Day weekend. Uh, that's definitely, I would say, my favorite musician or band. Very cool. How about favorite movie or TV series? I know everybody's binge watching these days. Are you, yep. Have you watched anything recently? 
Oh boy, you know what? I, I I love movies. I love good movies. I love bad movies. I'd say Shawshank Redemption is probably my favorite movie if I had Very to cool. say favorite movies. Absolute favorite movie. Classic. And then what have I been binge watching? Oh my goodness, my son, husband, and I, we always try to find a series that the three of us watch together. So yeah. I too have a 15 year old. And so we just started watching Reacher on Prime. A little heard bit about cheesy. That. A little bit cheesy, but good. But really, if you like action and uh, and I love it, we, we just started watching it and we're quite enjoying it. That's really cool. And finally, yep. what is your dream foursome? So if you were to play with anybody, dead or alive, yep. uh, who would you like to play with on a foursome? Okay, well, I do have a dream foursome. And I would say, uh, number one, I have to go with uh, Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas, I've had the opportunity to meet the Golden Bear, and uh, he he is absolutely phenomenal. I would love a chance to just sh walk the ferries with him, chat, talk, talk about his majors, talk about the life experiences. I would learn so much from that. Tiger Woods. I think Tiger Woods is someone that really got me interested in watching golf. You know, I started competing in 2001. And of course, after 1997 and the Masters and, and all that excitement, I think he brought an excitement uh, to golf that, uh, that, you know, when he steps on the course, I was always so riveted. And uh, so I, I, again, I would love to see how his journey has progressed from when he was young and really, really just chat, just chat and talk like you do when you play a round of golf. And I'm going to have to add uh, Annika Sorenstam to that list. Great. Annika Sorenstam yeah. absolutely blows me away. You know, I've had the opportunity again to meet Annika and uh, what she did just winning the senior women's U.S. Open, uh, uh, you know, their amateur, you know, absolutely, un uh, you know, are un unbelievable. She, she, you know, she comes back after taking, what was it? 13 years off hiatus at least right, yeah. after having her two children and uh, she just blows me away. She, you know, she's just, uh, to me, she is professional. She's a great mom. She's a businesswoman. She's always giving back, especially to junior women's golf. And uh, again, I just love to tee it up with her. Cool. That'd be a great foursome. Yeah. Um, we talked about just before we went on air, your experiences with um, rating golf courses for score golf. Yes. So, and I'm, and I'm kind of a fan of golf architecture and whatnot. So yeah. I, I would love to learn a little bit more about how you score courses uh, and, and come up with that top 100 list that we- uh, Well, we have, a, we have a very specific rating. So we, we are given pages of what we need to look for and what areas. So you're looking at green complexes. Uh, you're looking at, so you rate uh, on a course, you're rating, what are their par threes like? What are their par fours like? What are their par fives like? And when you say, what are they like? Are they challenging? Are they interesting? Are they fun? So there's a fun factor that we're also rating in that, but also that you're just, again, you're looking at the, the, the difficulty of it, but also the, the bunkering, uh, the beautification comes, you know, the you know, side of it, of course, course yeah. conditioning uh, as well. So you're trying to mix it all. And then we always have to be, we always are comparing it to a bench line. So just because you personally happen to love uh, a, a golf course, uh, you, you, you have to compare it to, okay, well, if this course is a 10 or if this course is a nine, so if we're talking on a scale of one to 10, which is usually how we're ranking it. Um, even though I might love my home course and, and you know, you have an, an affinity that you have to compare it to if this is a nine, like, so if you, if you have, you know, uh, you know, you know, the national uh, as, yeah. as, as, you know, uh, this top ranked course, how does that compare? So you have to compare it. You can't just be going on heart and gut and feel you yeah. have to be looking at comparing it to top end courses across the country. And then yeah. there's different types of golf courses too. When you're looking at private, Correct. you know, semi-private resort yes. or public. Um, yeah. So it, it must be tough. It must be tough, but it's kind of fun to come up with the list, right? 
It is. And it, I, what I like about it is they ask us, the, the ratings only last, uh, I believe it's four years. I'd have to go back and check. So it's not like you can rate a course, leave it for 10 years and it stays current because yeah. courses are changing. Conditionings are changing. Superintendents are changing. There's always improvements. So they ask us as raters to constantly, you know, be refreshing our, 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 our scores and that it has to, or, um, and our ratings and that we have to be continually going back or we have to take it off our list. So what courses stand out in Canada that like your top, you know, two, three or four courses that oh. you. So for me, so I have not played extensively in Quebec and Ontario. So I'd like to throw that out there. Uh, one of the courses I do love, and for me, I do love Grey Wolf. Uh, Grey Wolf uh, Panorama in British Columbia. That's just truly one of my favorite courses. I, I, you know, I do like the Banff Springs. I enjoyed Banff Springs golf course as well. Mm -hmm. You gotta love a Stanley Thompson. But then, you know, you think about it. I, I also love, you know, I've been to Prince Edward Island and I, you know, the, and, and Nova Scotia. So Cabot Links. I have not played Cabot Cliffs yet. I hope to be doing that in September. Actually actually, but yeah. Cabot Lynx, I am a fan of the Lynx style golf. And, and that, to your point, there's the Lynx style golf, there's the mountain golf, there's so many different, or then you look at a Calgary Golf and Country Club, which is just an old school style course as well too. So with maybe the small green complexes and, you know, you don't have to be more creative sometimes. So yeah. it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, I would have to say, boy, oh boy, like the, that would, those would be some of my favorite courses that I, that I've had the opportunity to play. Uh, and then I've, I've had the chance to play internationally. So Valderrama, uh, Royal County down in Ireland, I enjoyed tremendously. Um, obviously St. Andrews, like St. Andrews, it's funny. You go with thinking, you know, it's going to be so magical. It's actually just kind of like a bit of a, a goat track in the way that, you know, it doesn't, it's not fancy quote unquote. And, you know, you see it on TV, but Interestingly enough, when I played at St. Andrews, a lot of bunkers are hidden. So I recommend if you go, uh, even though it's expensive, buck up and get a caddy because they will mm -hmm. help you as to, especially there's quite a few little blind spots. Uh, but if you ever look back from the green back to the tee, what you're going to find is that that's when you see the bunkers. Because in fact, when old Tom Morris was the superintendent and he made all the double greens, it allowed the ability for St. Andrews, the old course, because of course I believe there's seven courses on, at St. Andrews Links Trust, to reverse the direction of play. And the reverse direction became the more popular uh, direction of play that we now currently play to this day. Now, I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but when I last visited in April, they allowed three days where they put the course back into its original direction. So, you know, it's it, when you stand on the first tee in front of the Royal and Ancient and know that every great golfer who has ever played this game mm -hmm. has stood on that same tee box, it's this reverence, it's this magic, you know, and when you come up 18 and, and, and you know, you're coming through the Valley of Sin there and Oh goodness! Like it's so. Part of it is 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 the magic that you feel inside, in addition to playing the course. Well, there yeah. is uh, certainly a bucket list for Mike and myself. We've been talking about it for so long, and this year, yeah. it being the 150th anniversary of the Open, there is something really special in the air. I think uh, this year, and us yes. being away from the, uh, you know, from seeing real Open golf at that venue for for mm -hmm. quite some time now, several years, is going to yeah. be something really special. I too have had the opportunity to play worldwide courses. I'm really surprised yeah. to hear you talk about the old style Stanley Thompson design golf course because you're a long driver of the ball. You would think you'd like, you know, Jack Nicholas open fairways where you could land yeah. a 727 on, right? You know, I, I played over at Sandy Lane in Barbados and yeah. the Emirates Golf Club in Dubai uh, in oh. the United Arab Emirates. So it's, it's been, you know, Golf has taken us to some special places and Mike's played some fantastic courses as well. And this leads me to my next question. You know, you've played all this golf, you've played in some celebrity yeah. stuff. You have any funny golf stories with some notable people, maybe some LPGA players, maybe some notable names? 
I do actually, I actually do. So my husband for his birthday, my husband's been so supportive. You know, here I was a, I was a school teacher and I found this weird freaky ability to hit a golf ball a long way. And I realized as I started to compete and win national championships and, you know, start to compete at world championships. And there was a tour in the U S I couldn't be a school teacher and have a full-time job and do that. And, but yet I was passionate about teaching. And my husband said, Lisa, you have a limited choice to be a chance to be the best in the world in something, go for it. So I signed that resignation letter and he's been super supportive. So how do you thank someone like that? So it took me 13 months to save up enough pennies to afford to go to Pebble Beach. That was his, wow. his bucket list course. Very cool. And so it took 13 months and I shouldn't have done it boys because now my husband knows how much I can squirrel if I actually put my <laughs> mind to it. Yeah, that kind of backfired. But when we showed up at Pebble Beach that day, we were like two kids in a candy store and we checked in and said, hi, we have 1230 tea time. And they said, Mr. and Mrs. Bluswick. And we said, yep. And they said, great, you're playing with the Smith twosome. And we said, awesome. And they said, you're playing behind Mr. Fred Fredrickson, Mr. Lester, Mr. Palmer. We're like, thanks for letting us know. Well, we walk out onto the first tee and who's standing on the first tee, but Mr. Palmer, right? Arnold Palmer, wow. because these are the people that play Pebble Beach on a regular basis, right? So my husband's like, oh, wow, like, wow, that's Arnold Palmer. I'm like, well, let's go say hi. And he's like, no, Lisa, we're not going to go say hi to Arnold Palmer. I'm like, oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> hi, Mr. Palmer. My name's Lisa. I'm from Canada. And, you know, he was so kind to us. No wonder there's Arnie's army. Uh, no wonder he was the king. He chatted with us. He took a photo with us. And when he teed off, he hit a driver on the first hole of Pebble Beach, split the fairway. We were all clap, 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 clap. You know, he waves to us. It's a Wednesday afternoon, but he waves to us like it's the U.S. Open. He was very kind. You know, and off he went. But the, the funny thing was the uh, afterwards, so I got introduced to the Smith twosome we were playing with, and they took one look at me because that was their bucket list course. And they're like, oh, great. They rolled their eyes like, oh, I'm playing with a chick. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We know? hear this all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. So we tossed the tee to see who should tee off first and the tee lands on me. So the guys kind of roll their eyes and they go pick up the tee like she's not going first. Well, I grab my club and head back to the blues, you know, one up from the tips. And the guys do a double take. And then the starter comes over and he's a little long in the tooth. He's like 110. And he's like, excuse me, little Missy, the uh, ladies tees are up there. And I said, oh, th thank you so much. I said, but my handicap indicates I should play from the blues. No, no, all ladies need to play from the ladies tees. And boys, I didn't just pay $500 US at a 67 cent Canadian dollar at the time right. to play from 5,200 <laughs> yards. So yeah. I stayed my ground. Anyway, long story short, uh, I'm standing there. If the first hole at Pebble Beach is a dog leg right, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Palmer's hitting his approach shot. So I'm waiting until the corner's clear. And the starter says to me, play away. And I said to him, well, they're still in my range. And he looks at me and he looks at my fairy wood, knowing Mr. Palmer, hit driver. And uh, anyway, he said, we take the pace of play very seriously here at Pebble Beach. After two warnings, you can be removed from the course, da, 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 da. <laughs> well, after all of this hellabaloo, corners finally cleared. Of course, more people have now come. So I'm standing over my ball, just like, please don't cold top it off the tee. Please don't cold top it off the tee. <laughs> anyway, I rip it down the pipe and I look back at the starter. And the only thing he says to me, don't hit into Mr. Palmer. Not good shot, not anything else. <laughs> That's great. So thanks that was for my sharing. story of Mr. That's Palmer. A, thanks for yeah. sharing. That's pretty amazing. You know, it was so cool. If we're looking at this weekend, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the footage or highlights, but Jordan Spieth, you know, doing that shot. I forget what hole, what hole was that, Mike? Number eight. Number eight. Where number he, eight from the edge of the world. Right. He hit a five wood or a three wood right on to the edge. And he was basically two feet away from the edge. And so if he had a follow through like Gary Player, he'd be off the 80 foot cliff into the rocks, right? And his ca caddy tried to talk him off of it, you know, three <laughs> times. And then after when Spieth watched the aerial footage, he goes, I don't know what I was thinking, but he saved par. 
made probably one of the best highlight reels of 2022 so far. And uh, yeah, it's always a very special place watching the players, whether it's the US Open or the AT&T out there. Yep. So thanks for sharing. That's a really great story. Isn't another, that cool? Another yeah. bucket list, you know, a golf course that Mike and I want to play. Oh, you guys <laughs> go haven't... down to Carmel and oh, and actually my caddy told me to play poor man's pebble down there. And uh, you have to, uh, it, well, geez, Louise, I've forgotten the, the, the name of the course, but you got to Google it. And, and, and anyway, there's a, a, a links of Pacific Grove, I think it is. Anyway, yeah. it's, uh, it's a great value, great, great little course, some of the same views. And actually speaking of great shots, did you see Bill Murray putting without looking this past yeah, weekend? Yeah, hitting yes. it backwards. Ah, with, yes. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, that must have been rehearsed. I get the guy, I had to, but he's right? played there so many times. And, <laughs> you know, even if he missed it, he would make a great, you know, reaction to that. And, for sure. And so on and so forth. But for him to how make many it was... times, like, but how many times when you've, you know, you've know you've screwed a hole up and you just walk up and whack yep. a putt and then you're not thinking about it, but subconsciously you, you're, you line up properly and you make it. So right? I think, you know, Bill's done that and it kind of brings up, uh, you know, a hot button issue over the weekend because Mark Kalkovecchia tweeted, uh, you know, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but he said, that's enough with all these actors and their shenanigans. He's a little bit tired of Bill Murray and, and whatnot. <laughs> so it's like, you know, and as, as, golfers we're all serious golfers um you know what are your thoughts on the uh the celebrity contingent on the event should some people are saying uh, maybe they should stop playing on saturday and wrap up these the pro-am aspect but the pros duke it out sunday but i don't know part of part of me is entertaining watching them and then some of the celebrities you know might um i don't know who they are <laughs> some of the celebrities yeah, I that's right they I don't, they're that's not true. really Right. No. Yeah. Well, you know, I, for me, for me, it is this. I th I think that golf has been so serious for so long. I think we need fun. I think we need to have some fun out there. I, I think that having that laughter. Now, I, I understand that this is how the golfers make their living. I completely get that. Yeah. However, it's one event a year, although the Phoenix Open, you know, I miss the caddy races. I miss the caddy races at the, at yeah. the Phoenix Open. But, you know, I think that it's awesome to have this. I think that we need our young generation to see that golf is fun and cool. And, you know, if they can see those celebrities, Celebrities, especially if you've got your professional sports like your NBA players, your NFL players, you know, that are out there, you know, that, that, that they follow and that they love and watching them play golf, that might inspire them to want to try the game. So that's where I don't want, I don't want to get rid of that aspect, but I do understand that it's the way they make their living. Yeah. And, and it's a rare event. So, you know, yes. and it's been happening for a long time. And, and when it was uh, Bob Hope and Frank Sinatra, no one seemed to complain. But uh, now that, you know, there's um, celebrities that we don't know and whatnot. Yeah. So it, it, there is some entertainment about it. And, and yeah. leading up to this week, uh, it's in, in Phoenix at TPC Scottsdale. Uh, it's fantastic. I played the course uh, just before the tournament uh, has happened when the grandstands have been up yeah. and you walk through that tunnel onto the uh, famed uh, uh, par three 16th hole and it, it's amazing i could just imagine with uh you know thirty thousand people standing around right? in a shot you know like uh so it, it's fun you know it's boisterous and loud and uh yeah. people screaming and hollering yeah. and unlike any other week so For so sure. i think it's a fun time of the season i wouldn't say every weekend but i agree with you we need to have a couple of them yeah no definitely yeah you know, women's golf has changed so much, especially for the LPGA. And I think they're finally getting the coverage they deserve. And there's a lot of new characters. I think over the years, there's been a, 
a big contingent of Asian players that's came, uh, that have come over. And so there's a little bit of a communication problem when it comes to knowing who they are and them uh, talking for uh, post-round interviews and such. But now, you know, we've got a good mix. We've got a lot of great Canadian girls. Your take on LPGA, uh, what's happening right now and how it's grown, as well as the USGA just announced their, your $10 million purse. It's the largest purse, not only in golf, but in women's sport. So they're setting, setting a precedent for all other sports in women's, uh, in, in women's sport. Well, your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I'm thrilled. I think that the LPGA has not had their due. I think if any golfer out there wants to replicate a swing, watch the LPGA Tour. Uh, their swings are smooth and effortless. And if you look at the power, like someone like if we're, we're going to go old school, like Lorena Ochoa, and watch how like just such a small girl, there was a great article, I believe, in Golf Digest that pound for pound said she hits it longer than Tiger. Just if you look at pound for pound and you know these girls like their swings are really technically they're just so sound and again something that i believe is repeatable that your average player when you're watching when you watch the pga tour some 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 of the average players you know that's a that's a swing that's not necessarily uh that you could replicate but you can on the lpga tour so i think that that's a great thing as you said the purses we're starting to see the purses go up we've started to see more events uh added and better coverage i feel i still think it has a little bit of a ways to go but what's going to happen is what's exciting is when we have more international players. So we just had our first Irish champion ever on the LPGA Tour this past weekend, which was really exciting as well, too. Leona McGuire. So yeah, yeah, right? So I think that that's really exciting. And you look at Brooke Henderson. How much do you love Brooke Henderson? She is so yeah. great for women's golf, junior girls golf, for Canadian golf, for golf around the world. You know, here, you know, she's, what, 23, 24 years old? Yeah. And just, oh, just absolutely unbelievable. So I think when we see young people like that, doing so well out there. I think it inspires that next generation. So I see the LPGA going in the right direction, but I still feel that, uh, you know, they could use a little bit more coverage and respect that way. Uh, but love seeing, as you said, with the USGA, that purse was huge. And if we can continue more in that direction, there's a few more tournaments that have increased their purses as well. And that's yeah. a great, great trend. Yeah, we've talked a lot of, uh, about women's golf a lot on our show and just because it is growing and it's fun yeah. to watch. And, you know, we thought about, you know, ideas with other guests on how to grow the tour, maybe combining events so they can utilize the infrastructure that's already set up uh, and having uh, mixed fields and whatnot. So do you have any thoughts that if you could scream at the LPGA Tour Commissioner uh, <laughs> some ideas, what would they be? You know, that's like Australia does the mixed event. They already have with that where they mixed the uh, LPGA and the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. I do think some mixed events could 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 garner some some definitely some interest. You know, there's so much interest in a Solheim Cup and a Ryder Cup. Could we do something that we, we that we can bear uh, that we can uh, mix and match? Uh, an event where we have the top LPGA and PGA Tour players, you know, when you also are fighting for your uh, your national pride or obviously your, you know, the, the home country or whatever you may be. But I think that could add some more excitement to it. Uh, I think that also doing more features. I think people just don't know the stories. Like, I, I believe if we can tell the story, if you can tell the story of these women and where they've come from, I believe that they're going to garner more fans. So I think that being able to, when, I believe, gosh, uh, there was a big controversy when Paulina Gretz was featured on Golf Digest, and I can't right. remember the exact stat, but the, the the number, like I think I could count on one hand the number of women that had been featured on the cover of Golf Digest, and you know Paige Spiernak, uh, who you know yes, Nelly played some Corda, college golf, yeah, yeah, the right. Corda so sisters. yeah, I, no, I I completely understood, and that's what you know that's why we're so happy to have you on. We're not only celebrating uh, women, but we're ce celebrating Canadian women, 
And you being Absolutely. an eight-time Canadian long drive champion, it needs to be recognized, right? So congratulations once again. Thank I mean, it, you. it's a huge accomplishment. Um, tell us a bit about your instructional videos and your relationship with Golf Town and how that's taken off and how that came about. This is unbelievable. So it was actually Golf Town who I've been sponsored by Golf Town for the last five years. They've been wonderful. They truly believe in women's golf. Their very first sponsored athlete, Brooke Henderson. Their second sponsored athlete, me. So, <laughs> and Mike Weir has just come on in this last year. Yeah. So if you think about it, like they have a real push for women's golf and believe in, in women's golf. So that, 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 that was, I was so proud of that. But they said, Lisa, people are stuck at home. So they reached out to me last March. What can we do for the people at home? And they said, what about doing instructional videos? So I literally just started with my clubs and the carpet in my basement. Then I added a hitting net in my basement and a, and a, and a grass mat, like a fake grass mat in my basement and started teaching. And I started with grip posture stance. And I start, I went all the way through the gamut of how can you improve your game? Of course, I always gave credit to my PGA of Canada instructor, Paul Horton, uh, that I've learned so much from as well too, and shared what works for me uh, and, and how I've been able to be five foot six and three quarters and hit at the length of three and a half NFL football fields. And so right. these videos exploded, but not just in Canada. I would have anywhere from six to 800 comments per video from all over the world, Thailand, Spain, Ireland, Scotland, of course, United States, Australia. It was unbelievable. And I would cool. respond to each comment and they had these videos had over 2 million views. I still have women reaching out to me on a daily basis. This past summer, gentlemen, I had ladies say, Lisa, I dropped 20 minutes. I, I dropped 20, uh, 20 strokes from my game. Lisa, I added 30 yards. Lisa, I didn't three putt this whole round. And so it was so cool when people then shared their successes after watching my videos, you know, from their home. And then when people said to me, Lisa, this, your videos were the bright spot in, in, in the pandemic for me. I just, my tear, my eyes welled up with tears. It just, it made me so happy. That's amazing. Yeah. Giving back to the game goes a long way. Mike, oh. Mike, you told me uh, something about the LPGA about Lisa that I didn't know. What was that earlier uh, before we went on there? Um, well, that she was, uh, Monday qualifier. Oh yeah, well, I didn't. I, I I I did a Monday qualifier. I didn't make it through to the to the tournament. But you know what? If if there's anything I can impart to uh, any of your guests, and that is, do things that scare you. So I was terrified. I hadn't played college golf. I'm playing with the best golfers in the world that weren't currently on the LPGA tour playing in the event. And I was nervous and I was, and I practiced my heart out and I read that rule book backwards and forwards. And I, you know, I did everything I could. And you know what? Yes, I didn't get the results I wanted to Monday qualify and make it through. I learned so much. So anytime yeah. we can, you can put yourself in a stressful or challenging situation, whether it's personally or professionally, I'm telling you, you will learn more from your failures than you ever will from your successes. Oh, hundred percent. That's good yeah. advice. And, uh, uh, anyone who's thought about trying for a tournament, there are tons of amateur yes. tours. Uh, the you know usually you got to be 18 cap or better. Yep. Uh, so some you can be higher, but it, it it's definitely a great experience. We've got the Vancouver yep. Golf Tour out here, and yep. uh, there's or even uh, just your club championships. If you happen yep. to be a member at a golf course, sign up for that. Yeah. So 100 percent because it it you it's changes it's a different type of golf other than playing for a couple skins oh. uh, with your buddies and you really get to feel some pressure uh, yeah. every putt has to be uh sunk into the hole yeah. there's no picking it up and uh, uh you're gonna learn a lot so in and golf's about failure you gotta learn how to uh eat no humble question. pie um 
and because you're you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. So so absolutely, uh, you know, push yourself a little bit. Absolutely, your game will grow because of it. If you're just tuning in, we're with Lisa Longball Vluswick. And I hope I'm pronouncing that properly, right? Because I'm sure that... <laughs> no, no. See, I married a Dutch person. This is why you don't marry Dutch people. Uh, no. <laughs> but you're nailing it. You're nailing it. But it's funny. My After I won my first national title, it was a, a, a reporter from the Calgary Herald that did this huge article on me and nicknamed me Lisa Longball. And it's just a moniker that stuck because no one could spell or pronounce Bluswick. <laughs> That's great. That's good. I was going to ask you how that name came about, other than the obvious, because yep. you practiced yep. it. Um, you'd be great competitor to sneak on like a, a best ball team or something right? and then just like, you know, especially yeah, when they yeah. And when they dictate all women have to play from the forward tees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You're going to be driving the greens. Yes. <laughs> well, Lisa, it's been such a pleasure to have your, you on. I would love to give you the floor just to talk maybe a little bit about your keynote speaking, any final thoughts and words you'd like to leave with us. And uh, once again, thanks for uh, coming on. And then we'll leave Mike with uh, saying a few words as well. Awesome. Well, thank you. So yeah, keynote speaking was a completely accidental career. I had a, a company reach out to me and say, you know, Lisa, can you come and do our golf event? But we'd also like you to be the keynote speaker at our conference. And I thought, boy, oh boy, you know, can I do this? But again, when you're offered a challenge, the only way you're going to know if you can do it or can't is step up to the plate. So I, I spent hours and hours and hours working on a keynote. And the, the title of my keynote is Drive Determines Distance. Because as you said, Raphael, I truly believe knowing and being committed to what drives you determines how far you'll go personally and professionally. So I'm excited to be a keynote speaker all across North America at conferences and conventions. I share my story of how I went from a 30 plus handicap to an eight-time Canadian long drive champion, uh, ranked as high as second in the world. So I love sharing that story. And I think there's so much to know about peak performance. I, I share a lot of strategies about peak performance. And I feel that even now I'm not teaching in a classroom, now I get to teach in another way. That's amazing. Yeah, that's very cool. How can we get yeah, in touch with cool. you? Uh, Lisa, how can people get in touch with you? Yes, yeah, so my website is uh, uh, www.lisalongball.com and I'm on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Lisa Longball and anyone looking for those videos, they're free. You can see any of my free instructional videos. If you go to YouTube and go to Lisa Longball on YouTube, make sure to click on playlists. Under playlists, you'll find 40 instructional videos for free that can help you with all aspects of your game. Oh, that's very cool. And, and we'll share uh, some of your content, especially the uh, wakeboarding. Oh, stuff yeah, the wake surfing. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish I, had a, I wish I had a Habs jersey. I just wish yeah. I had a Habs jersey. Well, we'll, keep on, <laughs> we'll keep track of everything you're doing. Mike, any final thoughts and mentions? Uh, I'll just throw a quick shout out to the platforms that we're on. Um, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, YouTube, TuneIn, and Alexa, Player FM. And just recently, we've added to Listen Note, Stitcher, and anchor and we are in the talks with a platform called recast which is uh, uh out of scotland and they are uh, big in golf and the, the, the dp world tour it's a new platform so we're excited to see how that develops so uh as well we're on social media so please hit us up and um you know tag you know comment like follow do do all that wonderful stuff and if you like this type of content don't forget to go on to youtube in the description and follow under patreon you can make a donation we have FanDuel coming in so we're going to be giving your our best bet stats very soon and for lisa Vluswick, michael bleakley i'm raphael calmat you've been listening to the golf podcast live special thanks to ec 